You are listening to Delangus Cast. If you're in some obscure regions of the mountains in Poland, you are probably calling it Delangus Cast. But as far as I know, nobody from Poland even knows this exists. Some people in Germany do. Some people in Spain do. Some people in Australia do. Some people in England do. There's a few places, but none of them are fucking Poland. So maybe if the Polish would be here, they could sponsor my podcast. Well, like, yo, how many Polish people does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. Probably one. Polish jokes are a thing around here. And in Chicago. Where there's a lot of fucking Polish people. Are you one of those fucking Polish people? One of those Polacks? Just polatting around eating your kielbasa and your pierogies? Maybe you put the kielbasa in the motherfucking pierogies? Maybe you put the kielbasa as a bun with pierogi? That would be sweet anyway. Here's the fucking theme music. It's still Emerald Douglas. Why did I get so aggressive there? Shit, intro cold open out of the way. Uh, and let's get on with the episode number four, the fourth and final episode of the brain surgery saga, the least fun part of it all, but uh, not any least important. Oh, shit, now I made I know, that fucking button makes a bunch of noise when I push it. I don't like it, but whatever, it is what it is. So, uh, the fourth and final installment of the Brain Surgery Saga. Um, so we're at the point now where I've been out of the hospital. Um, I'm totally, I've been totally elated. Um, super manic, but I was self-aware. I knew what was going on. I had it under control. I was just elated. I was happy to be alive. And people saw that as a problem, and I didn't fucking understand that. People are so used to people not being fucking happy that they didn't understand it. I was fucking alive. I was living. I realized that there was no... There was no good reason why I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And the only person stopping me from realistically following my dreams was myself. Because I promised to myself on the hospital bed that when I got out of there, I was going to live life to the most fulfilling way that I can. There was something that made me realize that I don't know how much in this life really matters compared to what we do beyond. So why fucking take it so seriously? 
Why stress myself over bullshit like money that I can't take with me when I die? Why not just live life being a good person and having as much fucking fun as I can? Because the thing is, there's always going to be shit. And when the shit inevitably comes, I was having fun before that. And I'll have fun after. So I don't give a fuck. Two plus two minus four. There I go with that Tim Shippy quote again. <laughs> So, I get out of the hospital. I moved two weeks later. It was the easiest move of my life because I was not allowed to lift anything or bend over. I could barely walk right still. I was still doing physical therapy. So, it was the easiest move of my life. But I, I, wish, I wish we could have stayed in that house for another few months. But that was not in the cards, apparently. So we end up moving. Move into this other house. Further into the city. I thought it was rad because we had a garage. We were moving further out from the Isthmus on Madison. We ended up moving back into the Isthmus. We were in it. I liked that house, but... Us staying there was also not in the cards. That's a whole different story. So I go back to work. I was working a different job than I was before the pandemic because I was working as a delivery guy, delivery driver, and I couldn't drive for a while because I was too goddamn dizzy so much. So... Go back to work. Then I get really dissatisfied with everything. So fucking dissatisfied. I hit the low. That was the opposite of the elation. I've been through some bad depressive streaks. Particularly the year after I got out of college and the recession hit and kind of ruined the industry I was trying to go into. That was a bad one. But that year after the surgery, it was, it was different. I'd look around, see how unhappy everybody is and realize how pointless it is that they're unhappy and they should just say fuck off to this unhappiness and just do what they want to do live their fucking dreams but society tells them they can't because we're supposed to work a job we're supposed to go get a job we're supposed to be employees fuck that And in the middle of all of that, we lose track of our connection with nature. We lose track of our spiritual roots. This is all stuff that's been in our DNA since fucking forever. Since ever since humans existed. 
We're primitive beings living in the future right now. We're not evolved to deal with this shit that we live in. We're supposed to be free. We're supposed to be hunting and gathering. We're supposed to just survive. And when we don't have to survive, we chill the fuck out until we have to survive some more. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what our brains are wired to do. I truly think that's why we have drug addicts. Because drug addicts are people who are trying to cope with the bullshit of life with the drugs. Why heroin is such a big thing right now is because it's that kind of drug that it's it's a numbing drug. It slows you down. If you're a person that responds well to it, it makes you feel elated. It feels calm, relaxing. And that's a whole nother thing. If someone wants to do some drugs, and if they're not fucking hurting anybody, then who gives a shit? Even if they want to find a way out of this life, and they decide to just do a bunch of drugs until they're gone, then they should be able to fucking do that. As long as they're not hurting anything. They're probably just speeding up the process. They're probably, like, enlightened in some fucking weird way, you know? The war on drugs is such bullshit. The war on drugs causes shit like the cartels. The war on drugs creates all this fucking violence at the border and every fucking where else. But anyway. Go back to a job that I liked, but I didn't like the owner of the restaurant. And I even liked him as a person, but he was a shitty boss. He fucking fired me two weeks before he decided to close the restaurant for good. He didn't fucking tell any of his employees that either until like two weeks, until right after he fired me. Which is fine, I went back to Glass Nickel eventually. And I felt like I owed it to them because they treated me so goddamn well. Glass Nickel was a great fucking company. Still is, really, I'm sure. They paid some of my rent. One of the owners paid my rent for me one month when I couldn't fucking pay it. When I got out of the hospital and I wasn't working and all that fucking business. I didn't ask. very grateful for them. So, I went back to Glass Nickel. Got to be a little too much eventually. Started to fuck with my mental health real bad. It's just, it's a very intense environment. And you're driving around in city traffic, so you're constantly, you're constantly on edge just watching pedestrians and traffic and fucking bicycles and everything else. It was wearing on me. I wasn't doing well. 
So Glass Nickel, the GM of Glass Nickel, told me that I'll always have a job there if I want one. And he told me that to take the time I needed to figure out what I wanted to do. And once I figured it out, if I want to come back to the company, I can. Go find a job in the kitchen. Or something. I wanted to bartend, but they weren't looking for a bartender. They needed people in the kitchen badly. And I said, I don't last in kitchens. Never have. Never fucking will. But I think I could do a pizza kitchen easy enough. Maybe I could just do it till you need a prep cook or, or, or a dishwasher or something like that where I can just chill by myself and listen to my music. And he said, well, if you don't want to work in the kitchen for, you know, you can, we, we have no problem if you just do it for a little while and leave. You need to do what you need to do. So I took a couple weeks. I hadn't been out to see live music in a long time, and anybody that knows me knows that that I'm always going out and seeing live music. That was part of why I went to Madison in the first place, because there was so much goddamn live music. The music scene in Madison in recent years is something else. It's on par with, like, Seattle and shit like that. And it's a cool fucking thing. And I met a ton of cool fucking people. And I decided I want to do a job that's related to music somehow. And I was seeing my friend's band, House of Lud. Check them out, by the way. Stoner, sludgy shit. Fucking good. House of Lud. L-U-D. And I was seeing them play. And then I was outside and... I was reading this article on my phone about Mike Scheidt of uh, the band Yob. And uh, Mike Scheidt had a health scare of his own in that same year of, of uh, 2017. Um, he had some sort of uh, condition uh, that was where his intestines were fucked up. And basically he had to go get emergency surgery or he was going to die. Was in immense pain. Went into the doctor, they're all like, you need emergency surgery, and if you would have came in a bit later, you your your gut would have ruptured, and everything. not good. No bueno, muy, muy, muy no bueno. So, he was talking about their latest album that came out at that point, and how a lot of that was him processing this weird emotion of knowing that he had this close call with death. And how it just ultimately made him feel more alive and love life more. And I realized, yeah, I know wh what he's talking about. We got there in slightly different paths, but I know, I know what he's talking about. Then I've met the guy before. Super cool guy. Nothing but good vibes from that dude. So I'm reading this article about Mike Scheidt and his experience. And one of the bartenders comes outside for a smoke. And she goes, 
Well, me and her totally boned. Not a lot long before that. Maybe six months before that or some shit. And then it just happened a couple times and that was that. Whatever. It is what it is. I thought it was pretty decent. She didn't think it was pretty decent. I was like, shit, usually the lady thinks I did pretty decent. God damn it. I also was like, you good? Do I need to finish you off? And she's like, I'm good. Alright. I mean, I'll eat your fucking pussy. Because I came kind of fast. Not really, but... I wasn't getting you off, apparently, quite yet. So, let me do that for you, but whatever. She just... She's weird like that, so who gives a fuck? It wasn't me at that point, I guess, so... Whatever. So she says, so-and-so had got fired. We need a new door guy. Are you looking for a new job? And I said, yeah, I'm looking for a new job. And she was like, really? I'm like, yeah. So she's like, well, come in and talk to the bar manager tomorrow night after such and such time. He's working tomorrow night. So I did. I walk into the place there, and first thing he says when I walk in is, well, I was a regular at this bar, so they knew me, or at least a lot of the bartenders knew me. And the bar manager goes, hey, man, I heard you want to work here. And I said, I sure do. And he goes, you know what, let me grab an application. I don't need you to fill the whole thing out, but... I need tax info, so just name, address, social security number, all that shit. And I'm like, alright dude, I'll do that. Fill out the application and shit, and he just goes, can you come back Friday? This was like a Monday, I think, something like that, Tuesday. He says, you know what, just come back Friday and... uh And you'll start, and I did, and eventually I went from just being the bouncer at the door to the being a door guy, or I mean the sound, the sound guy, the sound tech for the bands, and then I became the main sound tech, and then I got promoted to bouncer captain, I became a part of the family of the bar, I remember Hannah, the, the bar manager, slash the, the owner's daughter, her dad had owned that bar for like 30 fucking years before he died. She grew up in that bar. That bar means a lot to her, and she took over. She was always going to take over, but she got thrown into it after her dad died, and, well, she fucking did it. It wasn't easy. A bunch of fucked up things happened, but she fucking got through, and she's still going. And I'm still going. I got accepted into the family, you know, the, 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 because it's, it's, it's what a small bar like that is. It's a, a family runs it, and that's their livelihood. So anyone that works for them, is you got to get along with the family. 
Because if you don't care about the family, you'll do shit that's not good for business. And I have so much fucking respect for that attitude. So much respect. I'll run my own bar and shit someday and that's the kind of that's the kind of thing I want. I want to be a place like that for someone else like me coming up in this world. Have this place where weirdos can get together and everybody gets along and nobody gives a fucking shit as long as you're a decent fucking human being. And as I worked in the bar, my depression started to go away again. Started to feel more like myself. I started having a lot of fun at work. Work didn't feel like work anymore. I didn't know that was a real thing. I kind of didn't really believe people when they said that. And sure enough, it's a real fucking thing. And somebody's probably listening to this not believing me right now, but I don't give a fuck. You haven't found it yet. You haven't let yourself found it yet. It's real. It's a r so goddamn real. And then the pandemic hit. I was gaining strides. I knew I was on the right track that I needed to be on, and the pandemic wiped everything out almost overnight. I couldn't go stand up anymore. I couldn't go play music or see music anymore. My job involved live music, so there goes that. This fucking job I loved. And it was fucking hard. It's a hell of a punch to the gut when you think you're like finally living your life and then everything fucks it all up and it was a mess. I almost got evicted twice. I was doing a delivery job and my, my fucking wheel bearing on my car fell apart going like 80 miles an hour down the highway. And by the way, if your wheel bearing falls apart, there's nothing much, there's nothing else attached, so you, 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 your wheel falls off. That fuckload of money issues had to move out of Madison and ended up moving back in with my grandpa. Or not back in, but back to my hometown and then moving in with my grandpa. Helping him out after my grandma died. Getting criticized by certain shitty fucking relatives who have a narrow worldview and need to shut the fuck up and stay out of everybody's fucking business like they say they do. They shouldn't cast judgment on others like they fucking say they don't. Fuck you. If you have a fucking problem with me and you don't tell me about it and if you don't come to me about the problem you have about me, that's your fucking problem. And if you don't fuck with my life, because I will fuck with yours, I will do that. I won't hurt anything, but I will, I will mess with your head. I will play the psychological warfare game because people don't expect me to do that. I'm a 250-pound muscular guy who knows how to fucking Thai box, Muay Thai, boxing shit, kickboxing. 
people expect me to kick everyone's ass, but I, I have a brain. I also have a brain. I, I'm a brute with a brain. And that's fucking dangerous if you don't know how to control it. But it's it's not really dangerous to me either. It's 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 dangerous to fucking idiots. It's like Henry Rollins says. I can be very polite, but capably violent. I've fucked up dudes in the past, and I'm not proud of it. I never felt good. I just did what I had to do in the moment. I know I have the capacity in me to kill somebody. I think I could honestly do it quite easily. But I don't. Instead, I use my brain. People don't expect that. People always did underestimate me in this town, and that's fine. I learned a lot in the process. Very early on, I realized that if people thought I was stupid, it usually meant that they themselves were the stupid ones. And then eventually I figured out if people thought I was a lot of things, that it was them themselves projecting their bullshit onto me. And that's not my fucking problem. Life got weird. Probably some of the worst depression I've ever dealt with came again with the pandemic. Life was just not fulfilling and I started to get these thoughts that I used to have where I was like, I'm still alive, but I'm alive for this. It's a hell of a place to be in. I almost got back to the place where I didn't care whether I lived or died. If I lived, whatever, I keep living. But if I died, then, then I'm dead and I don't have to worry about any of this fucking bullshit anymore. Not that I'm suicidal or anything. I've never been. suspect I never will be, but... I feel like that not caring whether or not you live or die is a pretty good first step to suicidal fucking tendencies. And all I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi, but they wouldn't give it to me. They wouldn't give it to me. Fuck you, mom and dad. No, I don't know. I was just quoting the suicidal tendencies song. I don't know. Life is strange. But I'm getting through it. Had a down spell, but things are coming back around. The less I give a fuck what anyone thinks, the more I just focus on doing the things that feel like they're the right thing to do, the less I worry about fucking money, the more it's coming together. So, so what I'm going to keep doing, I'm just going to keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on. And I hope all you out there keep on keeping on as well. 
The world needs us to do that right now. I truly do believe that people listen to this podcast when when the time for for is right for them to have this whatever this is in their life. This little pep talk, this little this little thing realizing that I got a lot of fucked up problems and I'm not what people think. People think it's easy for me because I'm a I'm a happy person, but it's not. I have my struggles. I gotta get through shit. There has to be darkness to go with the light. And not all darkness is even bad darkness. Sometimes you just have to have the courage to delve deeper into the darkness. Because the deeper you go, the more you will likely find light deeper within. And then sometimes while you're doing that, you realize that not all darkness is bad darkness. Plants grow in darkness. Trees grow in darkness. A lot of things are created in darkness. So why the fuck are we afraid of it? Why the fuck are we afraid of ourselves? Why the fuck do we just try to avoid our own darkness and then realize it starts to consume us? Demons aren't shit. Demons aren't shit if you don't let them drain your energy. And you can't become your demons. And I guess I've learned that in my life. So I haven't. It's not always easy, but it's a simple thing. Simple isn't always easy, though. And once you realize that, you realize something a lot of people don't fucking realize. You're ahead of a lot of people right there. Majority of people, really. I think that's about all I had to say about that one, so I'm going to wrap up this brain surgery saga and get back to your regular scheduled programming, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> so uh, just remember everyone, till next time, stay strong out there, be well out there, and good luck and Godspeed. It's fucking outro music time. <laughs> <laughs>